Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I'm Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. Happy October. Welcome to the first Sunday in October. Wow. Can't believe we're already in October now, but this is my favorite time of the year, the last three months of the year, because the weather starts cooling off and we get through those hot summer days. Not to say we're not going to have some more hot days during the rest of the year because we do live in South Alabama and that heat and humidity loves to come back and remind us where we're living at. But I praise God we are entering autumn. Well, what we call autumn in Alabama anyway. I think we have one and a half seasons. We have real hot and then warm. But praise God, it's an awesome place to live. And I tell you what, I've lived where it's cold and snows during the winter. And I would much rather have our winters than those snowy winters, that's for sure. Uh, We are living in a wonderful area with wonderful people. And I just thank you for tuning in to the Joy FM this morning. And speaking of wonderful people, the people at the Joy FM, I just love them so much. They are in it for the right reason. Their hearts are in the ministry. Their hearts are in the business of sharing joy with others and sharing the gospel, Jesus Christ, with the wiregrass in the river region. So thank you, Joy FM, for all you do and for the opportunity to share the gospel each and every week right here on 94.3 and 96.1, the Joy FM. Well, we are going to continue on the 50 commands of Christ. We've made it through the first 18 commands, and therefore we're going to start up in number 19 today. We'll see how far we get, but you know, one thing that I stress about studying God's Word, it's not about speed. It's not about hurrying up and getting done. It's about going through His Word, letting the Holy Spirit teach us. And if it takes five months to go through a lesson, so be it. The Holy Spirit, He's going to teach us. That's one of the many things that he does, is teaches us. So let's pray before we dive into his word this morning, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to teach us as we go through the 50 commands of Christ. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you. God, you're so awesome. You're so wonderful, and we love you. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word right here on the radio and through the internet and over the app. However people get this message, God, I thank you that we have this opportunity. What a blessing. And what an honor it is to serve you, Father. God, I thank you for each person who's listening today. Father, I thank you that you know who they are. You know right where they are. You know what's going on in all of our lives. So, Father, I lift each person up to you. And pray, God, you'll continue to watch over each one. Continue, Father, to to draw those who haven't given their lives to you to you. And those who have, I continue to pray for encouragement, Lord. And encouragement to go out and tell others about you, Jesus about how awesome you are, and to share testimonies of what you've done in their lives. Father, we thank you for just all that you do. You love us. You give us your grace and your mercy. You're our healer. You're our provider. You are our everything, and we praise you. And Father, as we open up your word now, I I just thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us your word. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to teach us. Lead God and direct us in all truths. And may we be doers of your word, Father God, and not hearers only. We love you, we praise you, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. As a reminder, if you are able to, as we go over these 50 commands, write them down. Put them in a notebook, put them on an index card. Index cards are great because they're easy to keep up with and place on places like the refrigerator. And you can remind yourself each week of what the commands are that we went over this week. And write down the key verse that I'll mention and that we'll read and go over And that just gives you a better way to remember these commands that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gives us. 
And if you've missed the other commands that we've gone over, you can listen to those messages on the Love and Action podcast available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast at, you can find the Love and Action podcast and go back and get caught up on the 50 Commands of Christ. Let's start today at number 19. And I love this one. I I love them all, but this one is really a great one. Do unto others. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Jesus says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is one, if we would all do, what a better world this would be, wouldn't it? When you think about it, do unto others. So you don't want people talking bad about you or yelling at you or stealing from you and so forth. And so we shouldn't do those types of things to others. Do unto others as we would have them do unto us. And this verse is usually called the golden rule. But it was not something new that Jesus just came up with. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbors as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus is basically quoting Leviticus 19:18 when he says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus is quoting something here, and so it means we need to pay attention. The golden rule, if you think about it, is really the foundation of active goodness and mercy. It's the kind of love that God shows to us every single day. He expects us to show that same kind of love to others, even if they're not deserving and they're not going to return that love back to us. Sometimes that can be hard to do when we know that somebody, if we show love to them, they're not going to reciprocate. They're not going to send that love or that good deed back to us. But Jesus says to do it anyway. And when we think about how he showed his love to us, how much more should we want to show that kind of love to others? Because we were definitely undeserving of his love, and especially his love that sent him to the cross to die for us. But he tells us to to show that kind of love to others, to do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. Let's read Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's powerful. Again, we're not and are not deserving of that kind of love, but that's how he loves us. He loves us so much that he died for us. The sinful people that we are, he died for us because he wanted to save us from those sins and reconnect us to the Father so we can have eternal life and spend eternity with him. That's how awesome our Jesus is. These commands that he gives us, we should want to obey them because of the love that's in our hearts for him. And this command here, do unto others, that's his love just flowing out of us into others. And let's see what James writes about in James chapter 2. We're going to look at two verses here, verse 14 and then verse 26. So James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Then verse 26, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Now James isn't saying we are saved by works. But what he is saying is if we have faith in Jesus and and he's our Lord, he's our Savior, then we're going to have works. If we don't have works, then do we really have the faith? Because the the works are going to come out of the abundance of that faith in Jesus. And I agree with James here that if we have Jesus in our lives, we have faith, then that faith is going to come out. People are going to see that. 
And we're going to respond by loving others, by helping others, by doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us. And so Jesus wants his love to flow through us. So if we have faith in him, if we're walking with Jesus, we can't help but to do the things that Jesus does and do the things that he commands us to do because we're going to be so full of Jesus. It's just going to be second nature to us to do what he wants us to do. As we're sharing this in a group study, as we do at Love and Action, I would ask, is this a command that's easy to do? And we'd have a good conversation about it. And most of the time, people say, it's not always easy. Sometimes it is, but it's not always easy. Because, again, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes people that we're going to do good things for and do good things to uh, are going to be ungrateful. And they're not going to respond favorably to us. But hey, we need to do what Jesus tells us to do, and it's going to be a blessing for us. It's a blessing for them, even if they don't recognize that. But it's a, it's an awesome command, and we need to do it with everyone. And when and if you follow this command, think about what motivates you. And I hope you say when you follow this command and not if, but when you do. What's the motivation behind it? That is so important. Is, is it a self thing to say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this because I want to feel good about myself or I want others to see this good deed that I'm doing by doing something good unto others so I can get a pat on the back. That's a very selfish thing and that should not be our reason that motivates us to do unto others. We need to think about other people first. And we need to understand that God, he thinks about us first. Jesus put us first, didn't he? When he went to that cross, he he didn't have to, but he wanted to because he loves us. And so he put us first before himself because he knew all the pain that he was going to physically go through and spiritually go through as well. But he did it anyway. So we need to do the same thing. And don't do it out of fear of thinking, hey, if I don't do these commands, God's going to punish me. We need to do them, again, because we love God, and our hearts are for Him, and we want to be obedient. And if you read the Bible, which I hope you do, I encourage people to read it every day. You read from Genesis to Revelation. Every time people are obedient to God, God does amazing things in those people's lives and through them. I want to be obedient because I love my Jesus, and I want to do what He tells me to do. And He's going to bless us for doing that. He's going to bless us because He loves us. And just want to encourage you, do unto others what you have them do unto you. Here's a simple example. You're driving your vehicle. There's a line of traffic, and somebody is trying to turn into the traffic. And your first inclination may be, oh, you know what? I could get there faster if I don't let anybody turn in front of me. Well, are we really going to get there that much faster? (laughs) If that was us wanting to turn into that traffic, wouldn't we want somebody to be kind and let us in? So let that person in. Again, that's a very simple example, but that's something that, hey, I want somebody to let me into traffic if I'm waiting to turn into traffic. And I'm I'm thankful and I wave at the person who, who lets me pull in front of them to get into the flow of traffic. So we need to be courteous to others. We need to show love to others because that's what we want for ourselves, right? So let's be obedient, do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. Number 20, choose the narrow way. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. 
Jesus refers to faith as both a gate and a road. Jesus says two important things about the road that leads to destruction. Number one, he says it's a broad and wide road. If you're not looking, it's the road you will find yourself on. It's the road that most people are walking on today. Number two, Jesus says that road leads to destruction, which in this case means separation from God in hell. How many people find the small gate in the narrow road? Jesus says only a few find it. Does this mean that it's hidden or that it's difficult to become a Christian? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that there's only one way to live eternally with God, and only a few decide to walk that road. Believing in Jesus is the only way to heaven. He tells us in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That may not be popular, especially in this day and age when you hear so many people say, well, there's many ways to the Father, but there's not. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. And salvation, this narrow gate, this narrow road that we're going to walk down, it's, it's available to anyone. Jesus says he died for all of us. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever, that's you, that's me, that's anybody. Jesus died for us also. Whosoever turns to Jesus and surrenders their lives to him, well, Jesus forgives us, comes into our lives, and he's our Savior, he's our Lord, and he connects us back to the Father. Believing in Jesus and being born again is a one-time decision. That doesn't mean that you won't give in to temptations at times, and will always obey God's commands, but your faith in Jesus opens the gate or the door to heaven forever, and the Holy Spirit will empower us toward consistent obedience. Let's think about this. If you are on that broad road, that road that's wide and leads to destruction, that narrow gate is not closed to you. It's open. So you can come off that road that leads to destruction and go through that narrow gate that leads to life. It's a choice. It's a choice we all have. And there's times we're on that narrow road, that narrow, we go through that narrow gate, and we're walking along that road that leads to life, and we stumble and we fall. That doesn't mean we can't stay on that road that leads to life. Jesus is going to pick us up, and we ask him to forgive us and to help us to overcome whatever sin we struggle with. And he's going to do that. He's going to pick us up, dust us off, put us right back on that road and say, all right, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going forward. That's just how Jesus is. That's how much he loves us. He wants us with him for all eternity. And he's done everything for us to give us that opportunity to be there with him. Why is it difficult to stay on the narrow road? Well, this world gives us many, many distractions, doesn't it? There's one distraction after another. Satan is always throwing those temptations at us, and it's, it can be hard to stay on that road. But if we stay focused on Jesus, and we are more and more in his word, and we're spending more and more time around other believers, encouraging one another, lifting each other up in prayer, studying God's word together, worshiping together, then we're going to find it easier to stay on that straight and narrow, that road that leads to life. But if you stumble and you fall, don't beat yourself up. Just ask Jesus to forgive you. 
get up and keep going. We got to keep going. We got to keep going forward in Jesus Christ. I want you to think about what actions can you take this week to help you stay on the narrow road. Think about times when you stumble, when you fall, when you fall into temptation, and start strategizing on how you can uh, avoid, go around, run from those temptations, those distractions that will keep us from living how Jesus wants us to live. I often think of Peter when he was in the boat and Jesus was walking on water, and Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, then let me walk on the water to you. And Jesus says, come on. So he steps out of that boat and Peter starts walking on the water and the storm is is raging. The waves are still going, but he's looking at Jesus and he is going forward. He is walking on water towards Jesus. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He looks at the storm and he sinks. But what does he do? He immediately yells help. And Jesus is right there to pull him up and bring him to safety. And that's what Jesus will do for you and me. If we slip and we fall, just yell for help. And Jesus is right there to pull us up and to get us going again on that narrower way that he wants us to walk. And let me tell you, friends, it is a wonderful way to live. I've been on that wide road that leads to destruction. And it seems fun for a while, but then you realize this is going nowhere except to destruction. These things I'm doing, these things I'm chasing is going to mean absolutely nothing and are going to end up destroying me. But Jesus over here, he wants to give me life. Just think about that. Do you want destruction or do you want life? I wanted life. And so that's why I turned to Jesus and I gave my life to him. And he has completely changed me. I'm far, far from perfect, but I'm striving to live as my Lord and Savior wants me to live, striving to be more like him each and every day. And when I fall, he's right there to pick me back up, dust me off and say, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going forward. We got a race to run. Let's run it well. So I I encourage you, choose the narrow way. And if you're on that road that leads to destruction, I encourage you to give your life to Jesus. He wants to give you life here on earth, but he wants to give you eternal life as well so we can be with him forever. So just call out to him today. Repent of your sins, which means saying, Lord, I'm going to turn from my ways. I'm going to turn to you and ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I surrender my life to you today. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with all my heart you died on that cross. And on the third day, God, you raised Jesus back to life from the dead. And I thank you for saving me. Fill me with your spirit and help me to choose the narrow way. Help me to be on that road that leads to life. You know, just pray to him something like that, and he will save you. He will do it for you. And if you have any questions about salvation, or if you give your life to Christ and you want to know, what do I do next, please contact me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. You can call our office at Love in Action, 334-494-4995, 334-494-4995. I'd love to give you some next steps. Number 21, beware of false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, 
but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus says that they look like sheep. In other words, they're mild-mannered, gentle, and docile. Don't look like they're going to harm anything. Back in the Old Testament days, we could see prophets, and they're awesome, real prophets of God that are in the Bible. And there were false prophets, and there always have been false prophets. There's false prophets today. At that time, they would prophesy what the king and the people wanted to hear. And you can hear that today. They just want to prophesy what people want to hear, not what God is telling people. And things that are soothing and flattering and claiming it was God's message when it really wasn't. Let's look at First Timothy, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later, later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars who consciousness are seared. Well, Paul really lays it out there, doesn't he? Doesn't hold back. And then also in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Inwardly, Jesus was saying there in Matthew chapter 7 that these false prophets are like ferocious wolves ravenous wolves. They're greedy. They're predators who are a threat to the innocent and have their own agenda and desires. Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 seems to make clear that false prophets profess to be Christian, not Jewish or any other religion. They profess to be Christians and profess to hear from God. People are turning and have turned to false prophets and are led astray. Are false prophets a trouble for today? Are, are there modern-day false prophets? Yes, there are. There are many out there. So you have to be careful. That's why we have to know the Word of God. We have to study it. We have to listen to sound teaching and know what the Word of God says so we can't be led astray by false prophets. And when you're thinking about false prophets, think about their motives. As the person speaking, are they in it for fame? for power, for glory, and so forth. Might they be well-meaning? Well, it's hard for me to say that a false prophet has any well-meaning whatsoever because they're going to be in it for themselves. I think some of the biggest false prophets in our, in our time, especially from, oh, the 1990s on, are those preaching that prosperity gospel. Then all they talk about is money, money, money. They don't talk about Jesus much at all. They may toss his name in there every now and then, but all they're talking about is money. Now, the Bible does talk a lot about money, but not the way these prosperity preachers preach about. So you have to be careful who you listen to. And it's usually pretty easy to pick up on false teachers. They are definitely common today. 
you can generally tell who they are because in their teaching they minimize Christ and they glorify themselves. So if you if you ever hear people minimizing Christ, they don't talk much about Jesus, but they're really talking a lot about themselves, then that should be a big red flag for you. By saying, by their fruit, you will recognize them, Jesus means that good teachers consistently exhibit good behavior and high moral character as they attempt to live out the truths of the scripture they teach. Paul wrote about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, where he lists love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as evidence of God's work. This is a practical command for us today. Whether the speaker is a broadcaster or a Bible believer, a politician or a policeman, the only safe criterion is what Jesus gave us. You will know them by their fruits, by the way they live. So think about it and ask yourself, what fruit is in your life? What fruit is in my life? Is it good fruit? Is it fruit of the Spirit like Paul teaches about in Galatians? Do we have in our life, Do we have? are we operating in love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Do we have that kind of fruit in our lives? And if not, we need to pray to God and ask him to forgive us and ask him to help us to start producing good fruit. In other words, start living like he wants us to live. Let, let our character show, our actions show that we are born-again believers, followers of Jesus Christ. So beware of false prophets. Be sure you're studying your word and you're reading your word and not just reading devotionals. Devotionals are great. I have several that I read, but don't let that be your main source of studying the Word of God. Get into the Word. Take a chapter and just start reading it. Start studying it. Start asking the Holy Spirit to teach you what He wants to show you as you read His Word so we can be prepared for when a false teacher comes along. We'll, we'll know. We'll be able to pick up right away that that's a false teacher, a false prophet. We're going to stop right there. We will pick up on number 22 next week. I hope you are enjoying the 50 commands of Christ. As I've said at the beginning and throughout this teaching, the Great Commission, part of the Great Commission, Jesus tells us to teach others to obey all that he's commanded us. So therefore, we have to know what his commands are if we're going to live them, first of all, which we we should be. We have to live them. But then we also have to know them so we can teach them to others. So this 50 Commands of Christ, I love it. I love teaching it. Again, it's really great when you have a small group and you're teaching this, you're studying this together because the interaction, the conversation is just wonderful and that makes the study even better. So if you would like to get a hold of this study, I'd be glad to share it with you. Again, you can contact me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. I'd be glad to share it with you. Please visit us on Facebook to keep up with what God is doing through Love and Action. He's doing so much. I just praise him for all that he's doing, for the lives that are being changed by his saving transformation power. We've just seen people getting saved and baptized, discipled. We're seeing homeless come off the streets. We're seeing needs being met, and it's just exciting what God's doing. So check us out on Facebook. Like us and follow us there. Also, you can go to our website at loveinactionministries.com, loveinactionministries.com, and that's a great landing space to see 
what all we do uh, here locally as well as overseas. And there's also our schedules on there, times to bring by donations. There's also information about how you can give financially to Love and Action. All that information is right there at loveandactionministries.com. So come check it out. And if you want to volunteer, 279 West Main Street, downtown Dothan, come and join us. Again, our schedule's on the website, so check it out and come join us. But I thank you for listening today. I pray you have a great rest of the day, a wonderful week coming up. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.